Have you heard this whole song, Josh? Tell me yes. I knew you were going to ask me that. I was already thinking about it, and the answer, of course, is yes. I got on a killer's kick a couple nights ago. There is, uh, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's very simple here. The greatest killer song is when you were young, or when, when you were young, yeah. Great and song. There is, there is a video that it Jeannie was. was a friend of mine. Oh, you like that one better? Classic. I'm a, I'm a big when, when you were young. And there's a video of it at a concert hall somewhere. I think it's overseas. That honestly, Josh Helmer is the most hype concert video I've ever seen in my life. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So now I know what I'm going to listen to after the show. I'm going to listen to Hook. I'm going to listen to Killers. All while writing an article on OU Basketball, Nick Anderson, and the Sooner Radio Network pregame show. So here's the question, Josh. Knowing that the day for me is a little bit chill, one of three things is going to happen. I'm going to write. I'm going to get everything done. I'm going to be productive. That's number one. That's the hope. That's the goal. Number two, sit on that chair right over there. I'm going to watch TV. Number two. Number three, I'm going to go hit golf balls for like three hours. I really need number one to happen. How do I do that? How do you motivate yourself to make sure that's what happens? It's a good question. How do you motivate yourself to do much of anything? What do you find uh, motivating? The fact that I don't want it hanging over my head. Well, there you go. That's Get it done. The fact that I don't want to have to be thinking about that it's due the rest of the week. Uh, all right, welcome into the Plank Show, hour number three. Enough of this tomfoolery. Get back to sports. Thought this was a sports show. So let's hit you with the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Ah, yes. Newcastle Casino. I-44, exit 107. Or online at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Josh, I have a question for you. I noticed this story pop into my news feed this morning. Okay. I was looking at the AP wire this morning, but I'm just going to read the headline. LSU's national championship win over Iowa is remembered in part for its controversial officiating. A review of the game by the NCAA and an independent review provided to the AP concluded that the refereeing did not meet expectations. I have, I have a question. Uh, back in class, please. Why did this take so long to figure out? Seven months. <laughs> and why would you wait until you tip off this season to drop this? Just to divide Iowa and LSU fans further. I guess so. I, like, literally have no idea. I think somebody in the NCAA offices must be a big fan of Hawkeyes. Why? They're just trying to throw us a bone. They're, they're trying to give you a bone. <laughs> He's trying to tick everybody off. Well, so has this been, for those who don't know, and, and if you're new to the show or maybe you've missed a segment where we talk about it, in addition to Josh being uh, the co-host here on the Plank Show, in addition to him being the play-by-play guy for Norman North Football and all the incredible work he does with our high school products at krefsports.tv, Josh is the site editor for HawkeyesWire.com. So he covers a lot of Iowa stuff. 
has this been an Iowa Hawkeye complaint for a while now? And how huge is this for page views, huh? Oh, it's it's going to be great. I, there definitely was some great frustration with how the game was officiated. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the play was with Caitlin Clark where mm-hmm. they, they thought she was fouled on one end and they didn't whistle it, and then they went down the other way and she got whistled for a foul. So uh, – and then they Monica Sinano, I think, had a bunch of foul trouble in the game. But yep. look, they they lost the game. They weren't all that great. A, a girl off the bench for LSU hit a bunch of threes in it. I don't think they were going to win the game, even if it was officiated great to Iowa fans' liking. But you know, it's been uh, it certainly was a talking point afterwards. I didn't know that this review was taking. Place, yeah, I though. know. <laughs> and here here's what confuses me even more. What would trigger a review like? I mean, is it natural? Does this happen after every single game? They say, oh, we took a thorough review. I I mean, I told you guys yesterday, I was of the understanding that as much as the Big 12 after the game gave the statement that they didn't review, what what was the term that they used? Because I think George had asked it, George Stoy over at Sooner Scoop. They don't review judgment calls or something like that. So the pass interference they didn't look at. Right, but then I also had been told that they did say they missed it. So, I mean, I I don't know. I guess that's not supposed to be out there publicly. They don't want it to be known that they missed calls. Well, right. They don't want Oklahoma fans frothing at the mouth any more than they already are. Gotcha. Right? I mean, I don't know that to be true. I'm just No, I'm just guessing. I I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. But I will say it was uh, it's just a fascinating story that happened to pop into my timeline. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of college basketball, Bill Self became the highest paid coach in college basketball. He's now making so much money. I mean, dude, it's where's my old school TU basketball fans at? Bill Self will make more than thirteen million dollars this year. And $53 million over the next five years. A number that includes $7.2 million in salary that was previously deferred due to COVID-related economic challenges. He will earn $14 million over the next five years, sources told ESPN. Josh, when we were trying to keep Bill Self at Tulsa, come on, there's, there's at least two people that remember this back in 2000. Oh, do you kn- do you know what they created? And it was a, a brilliant idea. No, they created something called the Final Four Club, and the Final Four Club was dedicated to doing what for Bill Self? Raising that salary to one million dollars a year. Oh man! <laughs> and now my man is in a situation where he is going to make seven point two. Well, I'm, I guess it's more than that. Twenty three years later, though, I mean, man, one, it's one million back then. I mean, that's. That was a lot of money. That Pretty was a lot of money. I mean, it's only 13 times more at Kansas right now. It's kind of funny because at that time, Bill didn't feel confident in being beholden to donors because, I mean, Tulsa didn't have that kind of money to pay a basketball coach. It was going to be a group that came up with that money. And he took the Illinois job, and I guess you could say things worked out okay for him. But, yeah, Bill Self, highest-paid coach in college basketball. And with all of this college basketball talk to start the hour, why not actually get to something that happened on the court last night? And 
Listen, we're getting closer to that point. Oh, hold, on, hold on, John Morris. We're getting closer to that point where we don't care about Big 12 basketball, but holy smokes, it's going to be fun this year, and Baylor's got another one of those freshmen. And Ray J. Dennis. Here's a steal on the inbounds. And oh, oh my gosh. A dunk oh at the other end by Eve Missy. He stole the ball, and he jammed it at the other end. What about that play? John, the guy is seven foot tall, and he intercepted the inbounds pass and took it the length of the floor. And I'm telling you, he was three feet above the rim when he dunked it. Did you hear what Fran Fraschilla said about Eve Messi last night? No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Eve Messi was impressive. That was big time. Fran Fraschilla said this about Jacoby Walter, who scored 28 points and grabbed six boards. He said, as good a freshman performance as I've seen ever in the Big 12. Trey Young, Kevin Durant, Beasley, Blake, Embiid, et cetera, right up there with them. Interesting. And Interesting. Uh, Missy's a, a freshman, too, out yeah. of Cameroon. I mean, so, yeah, they got uh, looks like a couple of really, really good youngsters. 88-82, Baylor won last night. You've got a myriad of college hoops games in the top 25 uh, or at least overall uh, today is that's a good base. win for them. That's a really good win for over Baylor. you know an Auburn team that was on the eight nine line a year ago tournament team. So Broom's a nice player. I was trying to look at some games to watch today. At six p.m. tonight, Fairleigh Dickinson plays something called Penn State Brandywine. I, Penn State Brandywine. Long Island University plays a school called Fisk. Early season college basketball. Sounds like must-watch viewing. All right, I got a lot on the NFL, so let's get there with big story number four. Number four. Aaron Rodgers, yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, had to answer questions about, again, getting caught saying something on a hot mic. Not bad. Uh, When he was talking post-game with Derwin James after the Chargers-Jets game on Monday Night Football, Derwin James asked Aaron Rodgers, hey, man, when are you coming back? When are you going to be back? Uh, Aaron Rodgers said a couple of weeks. He clarified that yesterday with Pat McAfee. I'm not healthy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not ready. So as much as you watch a game like last night and last week when our defense was so dominant, um, and they've been that way most of the season, you know, other than maybe the Dallas game, I feel like we've been really, really good uh, on defense and forcing turnovers and sacking the hell out of the quarterback and, um, you know, getting our hands on the football every single week. Uh, it gives you a lot of confidence on offense because you just kind of expect them to three and out just about every time. And that's in the league. That's just not realistic. You know, there's so many great players in the league on both sides of the ball, but our defense consistently shows up, consistently makes plays and, and gets after the quarterback and gets after the, you know, the, 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 the guys up front. And we're not giving up, you know, a ton of explosive plays. We're getting our hands on the football. So yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but I'm not healthy. So it's hard to even take my mind there at this point. Okay. You see, I'm starting to – I don't know where Dan Lebetard is on, but I think he's starting to throw those desperation, heave-ho, hot takes just to get some attention. You know, Skip Bayless is kind of the king of it. So I couldn't even tell you what time Skip Bayless is on, but I guarantee you at least once a month it'll be on my timeline with him saying that, I don't know, Joe Namath throwing left-handed would be better than Tom Brady and what he did in his career, something stupid like that. But Dan Lebetard was throwing the whole, I don't think he ever ruptured his Achilles. I don't think he was ever really hurt. So, take that for what it's worth. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, it's so dumb. That, there's just, there's this certain faction that's very, 
Aaron Rodgers is viewed as the bad guy now to a lot of people in media because he hangs out with Joe Rogan, hangs out with Pat McAfee, not afraid to to challenge kind of the the norm, and a lot of people don't like that. Or at the very least, he doesn't come on his show. I'm sure if Aaron Rodgers went on Dan Lebitard's show, he'd be like, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest guy that's ever played football before in the history of mankind. If you could do a favor for me. <laughs> Here is uh, uh, one other note. I said I had a lot from the NFL. Here's Mike Vrabel making a big announcement in Tennessee on the Titans. They just trying to clear up some things here going forward. You know, Will's going to be our quarterback. We're going to go with Will. We think that's the best opportunity for our football team right now. And I don't disagree. I think Will Levis has done a great job at quarterback. Good job at quarterback. Let's not get carried away, Plank. But teams going with the youth movement. Raiders went with Aiden O'Connell. Titans go with Will Levis. And the Cowboys are still... With Dak Prescott. It was outstanding, the game that he played. Uh, we should be able to get there if Dak will play games like that. Now, I know that's an, maybe a little uh, different thing to hear from me. But if Dak can have those kinds of games, we can, I think, get where we want to be this year. Hmm. A little bit different from little, uh, Jerry. Different from Jerry. What, is, what does he mean? Is that basically him saying, well, I've been lying in the past. Yeah, I mean, clearly we want more <laughs> out of Dak Prescott. But, hey, now we got a little bit of that. You could see – you can imagine if we did right. get that gag, right. how good we could be. Right. <laughs> All right, big story number three. Number three. Dude, we've had a kind of an interesting little drop of college football news. But in fact, three, two, and one are all college football related. A North Carolina State quarterback MJ Morris will not play the rest of the season at North Carolina State and will take a red shirt, even though he was the starting quarterback. For the Wolfpack. His dad told WRAL-TV of the decision yesterday. He said his son had plenty of options had he decided to transfer, but would have done that already if that was his desire. Which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense when you're the starting quarterback and you're playing well to just suddenly walk in and be like, guys, I'm redshirting. See you next year. I don't think this suddenly becomes like the norm, but Morris has been the starting quarterback for North Carolina State since October 2nd. He's put the Wolfpack in position to have a solid finish to the season, three straight wins and four starts, including wins against Clemson and Miami, seven touchdowns, five picks. But I guess I guess his dad and them have decided that he's just going to sit out the rest of the year. But he's not transferring, right, Josh? This has nothing to do with transfer. This might be one of the ultimate tamp- tampers ever. I'm not. I'm just saying, this could be one of the greatest examples of tampering because there's no – Josh, he's a sophomore. He's got two more years of eligibility. There is no reason whatsoever to shut it down when you've started four straight games – I think what you want them all, and you're playing well. Why would you go to your coach and be like, Coach, I'm out. I'm going to sit out the rest of the season. I'm going to preserve my red shirt. I guess he wants to start three uh, straight years. I I guess. I think he wants to be the starting quarterback somewhere else. Or, yes, somebody else is like, hey, we would like to have you start for us for three years. And, oh, by the way, here's here's the prize package you could uh, perhaps win. There are some very compelling teams that will be looking for a quarterback in the transfer portal, right? USC, 
is one of them. Now, I know that you might say, but Malachi Nelson. No, I, there, there's a lot of buzz that USC is going to be out there looking for a quarterback. Well, you want a proven guy, right? Exactly. I mean, you want somebody that's played already. LSU. Many think LSU is going to be a player in the transfer portal market for a quarterback. Miami. Miami. Miami has some young guys, but there's a lot of people that think Miami is going to be very active in the portal. Oh, and by the way, you played Miami. Maybe some interaction with them. Some say Clemson, but Davo Sweeney doesn't use the transfer portal, so that, that won't be much of an issue. And Kate, Clay, uh, Kate Klubnick will have, what, two more years of eligibility. So I just mentioned three teams there, but that, that shocked me a little bit. And, and where do we stand on the Michigan story, Josh? Where are you right now in all the, the latest details? I guess we now have Connor Stallion's life story. guess he was trying to be a vacuum salesman at one point, which was hilarious. In fact, Adam Rittenberg had to go so deep that he's looking into old, old LLCs and they were trying to find some sort of connection between Blake Corum and Connor Stallions. I don't, I don't get it. No, I, I no just business wanna, dealings with Stallions. I just, I just want to know whether or not Michigan broke the rules. Now Michigan sources are saying that they believe three conference teams engaged in communication about the Wolverine signals in 2022 accusing Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue of sharing information about Michigan signals. Here's a question that nobody uh, wanted to ask the college football playoff committee last night. Go ahead. Hey, uh, in contradiction to the last couple of questions you got, does this actually make Michigan more attractive for your playoff? Because <laughs> everybody's talking about it. Like, could they lose two games and still get in just because of the uh, TV draw? I mean, come on, everyone's going to want to know what's going on. By the way, that smoothly and seamlessly gets us to big story number two. Number two. One through eight remain the same in the college football rankings. Here's Boo Corrigan. Well, I I can assure you, Joey, we talked about it uh, early, we talked about it in the middle, and we talked about it late to make sure that we had it. But as a committee, the win over Rutgers, the top 20 defense, uh, put up 28 points, another seven on a pick six. Uh, Travion Henderson being back for his second game, the win over Penn State, the win over Notre Dame, the win at Wisconsin. Um, seven wins over teams with winning records um, really drove the day. I so, agree. I would pause when I said the win at Wisconsin as well. Right. <laughs> Boy, Wisconsin has ended up kind of being a, a dud so far this year. Have to really think about uh, the merit of that victory. Why are they number one? I don't know. And by the way, I didn't. I wasn't clear that I was. Why is Ohio State, you know, number one over Georgia? And them? I don't. It's like I don't have some massive problem with it. But then I also don't think it's right. It, can I? Can both be true? Like, I, I guess I kind of get it when you look at the wins. It makes sense. But I don't think Ohio State's the best team in college football. No. Who are you picking, Michigan or Ohio State? I'm, I'm, I'm picking Michigan right now. Who are you picking, Georgia or Ohio State? Georgia. So, you know, now, and, and I get I'll, part of this is steeped in what we've seen in recent seasons. But right. I don't know. I just – neither of those two teams have done anything, I, I don't think, to merit not being ranked above can Ohio I make this, State. Can I make this point, too? And I know we got a break, but uh, whenever I'm on with Bobby Carpenter this weekend, please know that I will absolutely positively change my opinion. No, no, right. no, 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 no. I, I think they're number Buckeyes, one. Buckeyes, they're great. <laughs> All right, big story number one. 
Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, we're counting down to Oklahoma, West Virginia. The Plank Show gave you a little perspective in hour one from Jed Drinning on the strength of West Virginia. We'll reset that. Plus, captain conversations and no start time yet for BYU. What does it mean? We'll dive into it next on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans. With Josh Hummer, I'm Chris Plank. All right, um, man, so many things to get to. What would you like to get to next? Well, I want to talk about the fact that the Raiders and the Chiefs, three weeks from now, it's going to be the moment when my heart will be ripped out. But I also realize the Chiefs are struggling. I was talking – I did a show with Jeff Schwartz last night, the big Chiefs guy. He said, you realize how much trouble you're in as a Raiders fan. I'm like, I know. You don't have to tell me. He goes, the Chiefs are playing terrible on offense. Terrible. And they're still beating teams. Why? I'm like, why? Because their defense? He goes, yep. Investing all that capital on young defenders, and now it's their strength. So everyone just take a back seat in the NFL for a while. Enjoy this cute little story that's the Dolphins for a while. I'll tell you what, man. That AFC is deep, Josh. It's deep right now. Yeah, it is. There's a, a bunch of good teams, and I can't wait for next week. You get Kansas City, uh, Philadelphia. Both teams coming off of buys as well. Are you guys off this weekend? Yeah, Kansas City and Philly are both on a bye week. The the Dolphins, Rams, those are the other teams that uh, have a bye week. Mm, it's almost like they, I don't know, man, knew it was going to be a big game. Almost like they projected it was going to be a big game. Almost like collusion. Collusion. From the league office. I have one more cut from Brent Venables I want to share. Here's two notes. Unity. Unity uniforms tomorrow. Or Saturday, sorry. Thought I like the anthracite look. Now, I heard this yesterday, and I actually kind of agree. I don't like taking the players' names off the back of the jersey just because... I mean, Josh Helmer, Chris Plank, Toby Teddy, we know who they are, but not all the fans do. But I also understand the point and the reasoning why. So I'm not trying to minimize the message. I just think it's it's kind of cool. And then here's your captains for this weekend, which if there is one thing that I think I've learned throughout this season is don't read too much into who's the captains outside of – Hey, there was a bunch of Oklahoma guys that were the captains for the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. But Isaiah Coe, Jacob Lacey, McCain Mattire, Austin Stogner, and Tawi Walker. Remember when we tried to read into when Caleb Schaefer was a was a captain that he was gonna play a lot and then he literally was in a like one series? Yeah. So I I, I question of question. Go ahead, please. Are we not ever going to do permanent captains? I thought that was going to be a thing. And... I don't think I don't think anybody's earned permanent uh, okay. captaincy. All right, that's fair. Meanwhile, Oklahoma, once again, as has typified the Big 12 since its multi-level TV deal, will be a six-day selection. In fact, only one game was given a start time this week by the Big 12, and that was Texas and Iowa State will be a 7 o'clock kick next week. Uh, OU at BYU. Other games that week can include Kansas State at Kansas, Oklahoma State at Houston, Baylor at TCU, UCF at Tech, and Cincinnati at West Virginia. 
Anything else as far as just little sooner tidbits we need to, to clean up at all? I don't think so. I think we're good. Oh, if you missed, we, we had the injury update. Um, We'll play that a little bit later on in the in the show, but we, we just played it last segment. Sounds good. Sounds good. Coach told Teddy on Friday, uh, on Monday night, that barring any setbacks, you know, they should be good to go with Danny Stutzman. But also it's a him feeling it out, him making sure that, that he can go. I'm going to tell you what right now, man. I watched him go through his warm-ups extensively on Saturday, and Ted was down there talking to him for a little bit, so he might be able to expand on it more. But you know when you're watching someone and it just doesn't look right with what they're trying to do? Like when you watch a right-handed person try to throw left-handed, it's like, oh. I mean, it just looked like everything was painful for him. So if he's able to get back this weekend, it's one of the bigger bounce backs I think we've seen based on what we think is what more of like a high ankle sprain. But I'll be pleasantly surprised and borderline shocked if if he's able to get out there to start the game because he looked... He looked hurt. He looked rough in his pregame stretches on Saturday. So, we'll see. Peyton Bowen looked a little better. A lot better. In fact, I was I was kind of surprised we didn't see more Peyton Bowen because he looked so good in his warm-ups and his stretches and everything he was doing. But maybe this is that weekend. Who am I missing out on the injury front? Well, let's just roll through real quick. So, Stutzman, Tawi Walker practiced. We'll see what the... I think there is, you know, pain tolerance and kind of how they're able to move on it and how they feel is going to be a major story to watch throughout the game. We saw Tawi Walker. He wasn't moved very fast, but he was still effective, right? Gentry Williams, they expected him to practice on Tuesday. So we'll see how that plays out. Gentry Williams. Um, We had just talked about Peyton Bowen. Key Lawrence was sick, so they he should be back. He was sick. He wasn't feeling well. And I feel like I'm missing someone else. Robert Spears Jennings has the shoulder issue that he's dealing with, but looks like he's going to be okay. If you think of anyone else, just yell. Just just scream at your radio, and we'll see what kind of update we can get. But for the most part, those are the guys. Say, I don't know what's going on with Savion Bird. I don't know what's going on, right? He started the game before, played a lot in the fourth quarter against UCF, had the bad penalty against Kansas, and then Josh didn't even make the trip against Oklahoma State. I'm telling you right now, I did not see the guy with the trainers in Lawrence. Didn't see him with the trainers once. Athletic trainers. So take Very that for interesting. Very interesting. Um, thin margins. Overcoming that. Preparing for that. The slightest mistake can cost you. Before we hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line when we come back, Here's Coach Venables talking about it. And I think that's college football to some degree, but uh, you know that's where we're at, and I, I don't disagree whatsoever. So, don't do the things that will absolutely punish you. And uh, and again, through seven through seven games, we didn't turn the ball over, and the game will honor you for that. And the flip side, I I, I make it that simple, because again, the the when when you turn the ball over. Everything else just gets highlighted. All the other mistakes that are there, even through 7-0, and you, nobody's seeing that because they just see a W. And 
But we even in those SMU, Texas, Cincinnati, there was nothing easy about those games. Nothing, you know. And we had to fight all the way to the fourth quarter to find a way to win. But we won. We took care of the football, and and that's the name of the game. So, uh, you know, there's always all these underlying issues that sometimes aren't necessarily under the same microscope. And but when you when you lose, uh, or certainly the turnovers enhance your opportunity to lose. Now every now all these other warts can be exposed, and that's uh, just not at Oklahoma. It's it's just football, and you know we we don't we don't have our head in the sand of what those might be, and uh, we may not uh, get the result that we want or everybody else wants as fast as everybody might want. But we're uh, we recognize whatever those are. We understand our where our weaknesses are better than anybody else. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but we, we got a, uh, an area on our team that, man, we have to get better. And it, we don't, you know, again, and it's, and it, it's, uh, it's been a, a part of not playing quite as well as we need to. And, uh, oh, no, it's a disposition, just developing, just developing a position. And, um, but that's, and I, and I say that, man, it's, you, got, you know all these this list of all these things you got to get better at and uh, that you're working on constantly. I always I, when I watch film when I watch practice I see what the bad stuff is because I feel like that's what the opponent's always looking at. And even if you don't get exposed, I'm like there we're we're gonna get we're gonna get annihilated right here. You know, uh, you know we don't have a post player. You know they're gonna see that. And and that's that's what our job is to do. You know uh, as coaches is to always be on guard and. Uh, and have a plan on how to try to fix things. And, uh, and some things are a little bit easier than others. And some of it's developing, continuing to develop in your personnel, you know, where they where they might be weak. And uh, and that never happens fast enough. But, uh, you know, that's that's the name of the game. You know, I, I, I make it, you know, pretty simple. Again, we've, we've been really good at forcing turnovers this year and protecting the ball. Here in the, in the last couple of weeks, not so good. Uh, we're first in the conference, you know, top ten in the country in, in uh, you know, turnover points differential. Uh, but in the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been punished, and uh, and there's plenty of other things on in all three phases that we got to be better uh, at. But I, you know, I look at things like uh, Luke Elzinga coming in, and he's really done some great things the last you know few weeks. Had a, a bad punt. Uh, because I, I looked at it conditions and backed up uh, because of a penalty on second and ten. You know that's what I look at, and we punt at 30 yards, and next thing you know they, you know they score a field goal, a short field. But uh, he's really punted well. You know Zach is uh, he's he's missed you know five uh, field goals this year, which is about on average in college football, about 75 percent. And um, you lose a couple of games by a score. You know, everybody wants to point to all of it, and it, and it all matters. Uh, but I don't, I don't put it on, you know, uh, one guy. We shouldn't have been kicking a 51-yarder uh, is how I look at it last week. You know, we needed to be more efficient on second down and third down so that we're not forced to, well, dang, can't go for it on fourth down. Now, no, we, we need the points. Let's, let's kick. And... Uh, you know, uh, so that's how I look at it, you know, as well. But he's been 45 out of 45 on his uh, PATs, and he's been excellent in, uh, in uh, his directional kicking and, and putting it in the end zone uh, a good amount of time. Our coverage units have been uh, really, really strong all year. And, 
and uh, our protection um, has been good in our in our field goals. And you know, we had the, the pump block against uh, Texas, but uh, we've we've been much better uh, since that time. We've blocked a few kicks, and uh, so again, I look at uh, all those different areas, you know, where we can continue to get better, and we need to continue to get better, but. Uh, you know, I think it's it's pretty simple when it comes uh, when when it's all said and done. And let's con- control the things. We just have better ball security, and uh, you know, and let's do a good job from a pre-snap standpoint. There was a little Easter egg in there. Did you catch it? There is an area on our team that has to get better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wouldn't even call it an Easter egg. I, it's like a uh, come on through the door, elephant. I loved the quick response by Garrett. What do you mean, like, like player? What are you talking about? It's like developing a position. You want to take the break and think about what position that might be, or are you just like right away, here it is, tight end? Ooh, interesting. I have another opinion, but I like the way you're thinking. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I. I'm just laughing. I'm, I'm laughing at this. I never want to get political on the show. Never want to get political, right? But the White House hosting a roundtable on college athletes' rights to discuss revenue sharing, athletes organizing, and more, and not even having a single female athlete on that list, and including... Sports Center anchor Kevin Nagandi? What, what, what are we even doing right now? I mean, Joe, what are we doing? Isn't that what you basically sell us on? Isn't that what we hear about nonstop? Everything's fair. Everything's equal. Got to give everyone. And yet you don't invite a single female athlete to this conversation? Enraging. Absolutely enraging. Well, it's just terrible representation and – if it goes that potential route, those are the sports that could be damaged, sure, and, and lost. And so, mm. oh well, you know the the Title IX ramifications of some of these decisions, or I guess I should say, because of what Title IX, you know, the the language of Title IX, right. All of a sudden, I mean, if you can only afford so much, there's, there's going to be a lot of sports lost. All right, so let's get – let me get off my little soapbox here. Sorry, that just triggered me. It's like I'm not – I'm a big softball guy, right? And I am going to stand for softball nonstop. But I understand, right? I understand that football pays the bills. All of us do, and we love football. Coach, everyone gets that. But to sit there and have constantly crammed that narrative – that everything matters, and then whenever you have the opportunity to do something about it, you just completely ignore one sex is crazy to me. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely disappointing, especially with you know what Nebraska volleyball and others are doing, and the women's basketball games growing and softball. I mean, there's a, a lot of things to be excited about. Mm. All right, so we went to the break with the Brent Venables cut about. One area of the football team, I wrote it down. He said, there's an area of our team that has to get better. And when, when I don't want to say pressed, but Garen Emig asked a really kind of good clarification question. Are you talking about, you know, 
mentor you're talking about, skill. He goes, no, no, developing a position. And right away, you brought up tight end, and I thought that was a really good one. Robin Dallas hits us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, says if you're talking about championship-level football, every single position group needs to get better. But the one that is absolutely outrageous is tight end. 405 writes, it's one of three, running back, tight end, or D-line, in my opinion. Bobby and B.A. is with you. Got to be tight end. Or maybe it's the D end or edge. They've had zero sacks in the last two weeks. See, to me, Josh Helmer, I was thinking in general, like, uh, look it up. Big Rick and Owasso and I are on the same page. I was thinking it had to do something with the pass rush. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. So I was thinking that when he says that, it's more either interior of the defensive line or just the defensive line in general. And he's he's a defensive guy. So right. it would make sense that he's thinking that way. And, and the defensive line was, if you listen to Ted, was not very good against Kansas. And while it was better against Oklahoma State, and I get it, Alan Bowman was getting the ball out quick and they were doing three-step drops. I mean, they weren't able to pressure Alan Bowman. How many did Oklahoma – rush with on that fourth in whatever play versus KU was it four down three down what was the situation I, th- I think he had said it was a four-man rush I that's that's what I thought too and I mean in that situation you didn't get home right yeah. I mean that's that's a glaring issue that look can I Walker can be better and on and on and on but it's only so long you can cover back there guys got to get there guys got to get there but I I think Josh Helmer, it leads to a fascinating conversation for tomorrow's show because I want to drill a little deeper in that, right? And I want to, you know, I love the point that Rob in Dallas brought up. Listen, if we're talking championship football, it's everyone. But it seemed to me that he was pretty, pretty specific in saying one area. That's not to say everything's good but one area that has to get better. Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts. It'll be all about your text to put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show next. Primrose Funeral Services, pre-plan, everybody. Pre-plan. I know it's terrible to think about. No one wants to think about the end. Your only friend, the end. But that's why Primrose is here. PrimroseFuneralServices.com, 405-321-6000. Josh, talk to the Primrose people during the break. They are fine with us reading your text for the final thoughts. Good. Good good question from the 402. Has OU ever had a cornerback as talented as Gentry Williams but can't play more than a quarter without getting hurt? It's absolutely crazy. I'm sure there's somebody that, if we really mined into this thing, would come to mind, but – is Ron L. Lewis comes to mind as far as a guy that seemed like every single play that he got hurt on, his career was over, and then they help him off the field, and then he was fine. But Gentry, every time the guy makes a tackle, I'm like, <gasps> from the 918, think you guys are reading too much into this plank. The season was lost in the second half of the Kansas game when you could have brought in Jackson Arnold. And said, because of the weather, he has bigger hands. We have to bring him in. We don't have a choice. Do, do we have confirmation that Jackson Arnold's hands are bigger than Dylan Gabriel? I don't is, know. Let's get the NFL guys down here to measure. Is that confirmed, 918? <laughs> a squirrel. Squirrel. 
Squirrel from Norman writes, Sooners do not throw the ball into the end zone enough in the red zone. NFL, they're going to take a shot. Sooners, not so much. Need bigger pass catchers at times, I think. More consistency from those guys. And again, the, the tight ends, right? I mean, that's that's red red areas where tight ends are built and made to roam. And unfortunately, that's just not a strength for this team. The Broken Arrow Fat Boy writes, using statistics to defend poor play is no different than saying we are close. Man, guys, that, that we are close thing still scars y'all. Joe and Tulsa. If you haven't commented yet, I love the combo of Spears, Jennings, and Peyton Bowen at safety next year if Billy Bowman leaves. Also, how is Jaden Rowe coming along? He's a beast at 6'2", 215, and is Caden Helms practicing? I don't know. I got to ask Mama Helms. I think he's recovering all season. Jane Rowe, same thing, injured, recovering all season. I don't know if Billy Bowman's going to leave or not. I think it would behoove him to stick around, but I like the future at that position too. And Jeff from OKC writes, I think you still need some signals to get the play into other players on the field. You even see the pros do that too. That was from our conversation about bowl games, not the playoffs, but bowl games allowing in-helmet communication and tablets on the sidelines. <laughs> I just should bring the old school huddle back. I'm with you, Oklahoma Johnny. Let's just huddle up. All right, y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be over at Cavens tomorrow for Josh on Plank. Have a great Wednesday, Josh. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow on the Ref Steelman and Thune at noon or next.